everybody. You may take your seats. Happy Mother's Day, friends, family, everybody. It's an honour and a privilege to uh, be ringing the word on Mother's Day. Uh, my mother is also ringing the word at her church in Tin Can Bay this morning, so that's a bit special, right? And uh, she sent me her notes earlier this week and said, you know, if you wanna take anything, you're welcome to it. And I said, you're awesome and I love you. And we text each other all the best this morning. Get a mum. Get him. But uh, happy Mother's Day, everybody. And I wanna read you a really funny little cute thing. Can I do that first? Here it is. When God created mothers, when the good Lord was creating mothers, He was into His sixth day of overtime when the angel appeared and said, you're taking a lot of time on this one. And God said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic, have 180 movable parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a kiss that can cure anything from a broken lead to a disappointed heartbreak, and six pairs of hands. The angel shook his head slowly and said, six pairs of hands, no way. He goes, yep, I know, but it's not the hands that are causing me problems, God said. It's the three pairs of eyes that the mother has to have. And that's on the standard model, said the angel. God nodded, yep, one pair that sees through closed door when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another here in the back of the head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know. And of course, the ones in the front where she looks at the child and says, I don't understand, but I still love you. I'm so close to creating something so close to myself, God said. Already I have one who heals herself when she is six, Six, she can feed a family of six with a packet of pasta and can get a nine-year-old to shower himself. God, said the angel, get some rest tomorrow. <laughs> that was a lot of work for that guy. <laughs> How awesome is that? A little bit of fun. Well, I'm mindful this morning of who we have in the room. And yes, we honour all the beautiful mothers that are natural mothers, but we also honour those in the room who have uh, maybe lost their mother today. And we are thinking of you and we see you and we stand with you today in honour of them. Uh, we have mothers in the room today who... Um, uh, wanting, sorry, mothers in the room who are spiritual mothers that have all of these beautiful children and people under their care and, and we just honour you. That is a huge job, maybe even bigger than one, to have multitudes of people that you spiritually guide and love. Uh, we have people in the room, women today, who are yearning for a baby and we stand for you in your miracle today, don't we church? We believe for you to have a miracle and be a mama at one, at one time. And uh, we also today acknowledge that there is men in the room who are looking at the clock, excited for Mother's Day lunch. So I have a message for you, all of you, that uh, is gonna inspire you. We're gonna look this morning at Mark 11, 11, 12. We're gonna go for a walk with Jesus, is that all right? Here we go. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. What a funny little couple verse story. I find when I open the Bible and I read stories like this, I'm like, so what am I taking away from this one, Lord? You've gotta unpack it and show me. And this morning, I wanna actually look into this and see what Jesus is doing. We have Jesus, He's coming through, He's walking with the disciples, He sees this beautiful flourishing tree, what He thinks is a lush, gorgeous green leaf tree out 
upon him in front of him and he sees, okay, I expect something, some fruit on there. He goes close and on closer inspection, he finds that there is no fruit on the tree. What is going on? Now, he then curses the tree. And the funny part about this is that scholars and everybody think this is so odd and a little out of character for Jesus that he would just curse a tree. I read somewhere in a blog that they think maybe Jesus was hangry. Why would he like curse this tree? And Mark, the author, already says, you know, it's not necessarily in season. But when I looked into it a little bit further, a fig tree, even though it has green leaves, it has these things called prenubs. It's like a, a, a fig on its way, I guess. And the travellers were able to go to the fig tree and at least be able to expect to be able to eat from that. So it looked great from the distance, but it was not doing what it was supposed to do. So Jesus saw it, see that the, he actually saw that the tree was dead. So he states the obvious, curses the tree and says, a dead tree, no matter how full the leaves are. This morning, I wanna take a little look inside our lives. From the distance, we can look great. We can look like a full-leafed tree. But in closer inspection, up close and personal, what will we find? Is there fruit there? And not just fruit for you, but fruit that will sustain the generations to come after you. The title of my message this morning is Fruitful Generations. When we look around the world, we have a reach of hundreds, if not thousands of people. And I'm not talking just our immediate circle. We have a lot of people in the church, but I'm talking every day. Just think about how many people you pass or talk to. People that call you on the phone, we're talking doctors, we're talking PTs, we're talking fuel station guy, local checkout chick, drive through Maccas, anybody that you come in contact, it actually becomes a really big number when you think about it the hundreds of people that you engage. So let me ask you this, when they see you and encounter you, who are they encountering? As Christians, we know, we carry the answer. We carry the message of Jesus Christ. We carry the answer to internal life. But when they encounter you, what do they encounter? Let me say this, most people don't find Jesus in church. But you might be thinking, hang on a second, like, it's not like I hide Jesus. I, um, I actually have like a cross that I wear um, to work, just so they know. Um, I have like a little cross thing on my Instagram. If you like, look in my bio, you might find it there. And generally, people know I'm busy Sunday mornings. Let me tell you that those are just leaves. They are just leaves. What people are looking for is fruit. The nation, the world is starving to find fruit. And through God's transformation in your life, we should be like a fruit shop. We should be able to bring fruit forward that they can easily see, taste, feel on your life. We should be wholesome humans of integrity. But when I say that, I'm talking about secret place, integrity, behind closed doors, behind your car wheel, behind the frustrated counter when the checkout chick is not doing what you want it to do. In your bedroom, what is your integrity? 
The tree looked great from the outside. At first glance, Jesus approaches it expecting something. We get out of the car at church, all three girls, braided hair, pretty matching dresses, looking good. But what happened in your home last night? What happened on the way to church this morning? These are really big questions, questions I know for a happy Mother's Day Sunday morning. But I really wanna challenge us with this thought this morning. The quality of our heart is guaranteed to permeate out to every area of our life. That even though as Christians we may look like we've got it all together on the exterior, I'm coming to church, I wear my cross necklace, my kids are all good, braided hair, perfect, perfect. I even tweeted a scripture last month. <laughs> there is no hiding the quality of our heart from God. And He has given us a spirit of discernment to be able to also see the quality of fruit on other people's lives. Let's have a look at Matthew together. This is where we are warned to be careful. It says this in verse 15. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognise them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire, so you'll recognise them by their fruit. In our lives, every word, every action is actually the fruit of our hearts. Sin is sin because that's what's in their heart. Thieves steal, adulterers sheep, because those sins are the fruit produced from a bad heart. A bad heart produces bad fruit. And unfortunately, bad fruit lasts for a long time. It can last generations and generations, just like good fruit can last generations and generations. John 15 says, you didn't choose me, but I have chosen it and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever I ask of my Father for my sake, He will give to you. We've been called, we've been commissioned to go into the world to bear, produce good fruit, and the fruit will last, He has promised us. Now in Galatians 5, we find Paul, he writes this whole passage and he produces two lists, both being a mixture of character and actions. And in one, he emphasises the attraction to a life yielded to compromise and temptation, and that's the bad fruit. That's the real flesh stuff, right? And then the second list is a life of freedom, which leads to inheriting the kingdom of God. This is the good fruit, this is the spirit stuff. Let's have a look at this Passion Translation together, super modern and clear for us to understand this morning. Verse 16, let me emphasise this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. So this is the flesh stuff. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder Him from living free within you. Oof, it's heavy, right? And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life, the flesh, from dominating you. He helps you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Are we catching this this morning? They are in conflicts with each other. But 
When you yield to the life of the Spirit, you are no longer living under the law, but soaring above it. This is good news. The behaviour of the self-life is obvious. Let's look at the list. This is nasty. (laughs) Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favoured, temper tantrums, angry, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessing of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviour. Haven't I already warned you that those that use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? This is really clear, church. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine loved in all its varied expressions. Here we go, fruits of the Spirit. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of the heart and strength of the Spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that who we belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified. That's all the flesh stuff done. It is left on the cross and crucified. If the Spirit is the source of life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our life. There it is, Galatians. It gives us the two very clear lists. Let's have a look on behind me, we're gonna look. Good fruit first. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, everybody, and self-control. They are the nine fruits of the Spirit we all learn in Sunday school and I believe should be our New Year resolution. Every year as we start and every month as we start the month. These are the goals for my life. Let's look at the bad fruit, this is the flesh. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, the list goes on. Not all of these are lock in jail crimes. These things are very easy to do. Senseless arguments. Should we get a hand raise moment? Tamper tantrums. Being in love with your own opinion. Surely not. Wild parties, that's for the PM. Or do we have some wild AMs? We need to memorise these, free, these fresh fruit, the nine fruits of the Spirit to get inside of us as a goal for the way we choose to leave, discarding of the old and stepping into what God has for us as far as good fruit. I wanna invite up a great mum this morning. Her name is Chris Field. Would you put your hands together? She comes, gorgeous. This is a beautiful mum and I know uh, your kids and they are divine and I'm inspired by who you are as a boss lady. You are just incredible at all you touch. And I look at your kids and I am inspired by you. And so I wanted to get you up this morning, uh, not to embarrass you, but say how amazing you are. And tell us a little bit first, how many kids, grandkids, what's the deal? Okay, I have two children, um, a daughter and a son, Jess and Joseph. And both of them are married, so I gained a son in Nathan and a daughter in Tua. 
beautiful. Grandkids? Yep, tell us. Yes, so I am Gigi to three little tweethearts. Um, Zara, who is five, which I'm not going to admit is nearly six. <laughs> um, Ella, who is four, and our little Samoan-flavoured Levi, who is six months. Samoan-flavoured. Love it. <laughs> so beautiful. Well, Chris, as you know, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit this morning, and I ask you just to prepare a thought around how important it is to exemplify to our kids the fruits of the Spirit when raising them so that we see beautiful, godly kids. Totally. Tell us. So I've cut it down. I'm going to talk about faithfulness, and I've got it down to three points. Do it. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go. <laughs> right, the first one is really um, demonstrating faithfulness in my personal devotion to Jesus and the pursuit of my life being transformed and being more Christ-like. So in a practical sense, that will be if I've gotten angry and I've gone away and I've been challenged by it in my spirit, to go back and say, you know, I'm sorry, I actually spoke out of and rectify it. I think for the children, our homes were always full of worship because worship is melody, but it's the scripture and the promises that are over in our home and it sent the temper of our homes to be peaceful, to have kindness. And, and even for me, I'd be prompted by a song and it was my strength as a mother because I'd be busy cooking or cleaning and that would be my um, exchange with God and He didn't speak to me and say, go speak to this or you've got to deal with this or this is how you approach it. Um, I think being intentional about having pause moments in your days. Beautiful. You know, even grace, we can be think that's so insignificant, but it's actually a time for us to stop and be thankful. Mm. You know, as we drive in the car, you know, the car is, is such teachable moments and we spend so much time there with the children and they can't get away. <laughs> um, is like we'd have a declaration that we would pray every day on the way to school. It'll be like, you know, dear Father, um, I ask that you would, um, that I... Oh, sorry, I'm going to get this right. I declare that I want to be the most honourable person in your Beautiful. kingdom today, fit for your, ma- for, your, for your master's use. I pray that you would enlarge my territory and my wow. opportunities. And as children, did they know what they were speaking over? No, Beautiful. but I believe that they're walking in it today. Amazing. Um, uh, worship is so powerful. And then just to learn to pray Scripture over the children, teach the children to pray Scripture over themselves. You know, Psalm 112 says, the children, their children will be mighty in the land and the generation of the upright will be blessed. So I pray that Scripture and teach them to pray it. Their children, my children, yeah. Jess, she will be mighty in the land. Aww. She will be part of the upright. Come on. And she will walk with God every day of her life. And everything she puts her hand to will be blessed. Aww, Faithfulness in service. Um, faith to demonstrate serving the house of God and loving His kingdom. And um, we are, I am currently fourth generation of having four generations still living, serving the house of God. So what I'm saying is true. You know, we have grown up from my parents to myself to my children being the last at, first at church and last to go. Loving the house and from a children's perspective, God is tangible church in the flesh. And so quite often it's the church that's so important. The children learn to build relationships and that habit of even going to church will give them stead in those years where they're questioning things from the relationships they've built with people. 
My most favourite one is God's faithfulness to us as parents. Um, and His promises are true and they are yes and yep. amen to me, to you, my yep. children and my children, my children's generation. And that He said that His Word will not return void. And that is true. So every time you speak something, that it actually doesn't fall to the ground. It is actually placed Beautiful. seed over generations. And you may not even be alive to see that generation. <laughs> Quick story. You're the best. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> um, my nana was in her 90s and she went to the doctor. And prior before she went, she happened to pull, come across a, a death certificate of my grandfather who had passed 20 years prior. Yeah. And as she went to the doctor, she said to him, today... I just have to ask you, where did you do your residency? And he said, Royal Brisbane Hospital. She said, that's funny, because I noticed on the death certificate there was a name that was unusual, same surname as yours. And he said, oh, tell me about that. He said, my, his name was Joseph. And he said, I remember him. I was doing my residency. He was a big preacher who was in a room at the end of the ward, and he had a really big Bible. And I was with him when he passed. He said... Don't take for granted that in that last moment he asked for God to protect his children and to look after them. Wow. So he, this doctor, this is the miracle, us unpacking the mysteries and the wonders of God to our children and telling them from one generation to the other wow. is that doctor cared unbeknownst to us for my nana, my mother, me wow. and my children. And I find that quite astounding and Amazing. we can miss those moments. This last scripture that I want to say is 2 Timothy 1, 5 to 7. And you may be first generation of changing the legacy for your family, and that's a blessing because you're changing it. Or you may be second or third or fourth. Yeah. But this scripture says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that was filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you, this is why I remind you to fan the flames of spiritual gift God has given you when yeah. I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and intimidity, but of power, love and self-discipline or faithfulness. <laughs> You're awesome, isn't she? A well, a deep well. I've got a surprise for you. Um, I didn't want you to feel like I'm just saying how great a mum is, so I've got you, a child telling you how great you awesome are. Oh, Look to the screen. <laughs> Hi mum, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Surprise, sorry. I would love to thank you for two major things uh, in my life that you've exemplified and I know the lives of so many others. The first one is your kindness. You have um, always been so loving, accepting and supporting um, of our family and of everyone else that you've included into your family. Uh, you've given generously above and beyond to other businesses to other organizations and to churches that um, you wanted to support and to know that you are backing them. Uh, the second thing that I would love to mention is your faithfulness. Uh, you've stood strong um, through so many seasons of your life. And I know the last one we've just had has been um, fun to say the least, but every day you've woken up regardless of how you're feeling and you've chosen to stand strong, to stay true to who you are and who you believe that God had called you to be. Uh, and I know that because of that, the lives of so many around you have been impacted and we've all walked it through together. Um, and now we're seeing the fruits of that on the other side. Um, so thank you, mom. 
I love you. My life will never be the same. Um, and I know that so many others would also agree with that. Love you, mom. <laughs> incredible, incredible family. And um, what a well she is, that reach well of a mother that you just see pour out. And I wanted us to see her heart, but then see the child testify of that. What she has, the revelations that are true in her spirit, and she's thrown and passed through to her kid. And beautifully today, they testify of you. Thank you, Chris and Jess, so gorgeous. Well, I wanna give you three points in eight minutes. I'm gonna be quick, here we go. Point number one. How do we do this? How do we get on track and start motivating and getting the fruits of the Spirit happening in our life is first one is repentance. Repentance, this is where it starts, right here with you. So what is repentance? Yes, it's feeling sorry for something, looking at Jesus and, and saying sorry, yes it is that. But repentance is turning away from sin, turning away from sin and turning to God instead. Repentance actually means to change your mind. Did you know that? It means to change your mind. It's about having a conviction in your spirit that something needs to change and that having that change of mind and heart first in doing that then leads to the choice of a change in action. For example, we all yell at the kids accidentally. Sometimes our voice gets a little louder. <laughs> it's the next level that takes the screaming to a level where we are belittling the child where we are harming them, where we are stripping them of the identity, calling names and really hurting the child. In that moment, we would walk away and I would guarantee most would feel a conviction. If you are a believer, you should definitely feel uncomfortable of what just took place. And so you would feel the Holy Spirit tap on your heart and bring a conviction, you went too far, you crossed the line, that was not good fruit and it was not grapefruit that you have exemplified. So what do we do? We repent. We make a decision, I've behaved badly, I don't want that for my life. We make a decision to repent, say sorry, change our heart, change our mind, and then change our action. When we do this, when we repent, our lives are transformed from producing bad fruit of angry quarrels and tamper tantrums to fruit of peace and self-control. You see that transformation, the exchange of the Bible that the Lord is offering us. Now, John the Baptist in Matthew, he says it like this, we should bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So when a person rep repents, they must implement that into action. Without the action, repentance becomes pointless. Repentance. We must partner it with action. If our repentance is genuine, we can rest assured that there will be good fruit. So I've repented, I've turned away, I've felt the Holy Ghost nudge in my heart, I've changed my heart, my mind, and I'm making a choice to behave differently. Number two, we repent and then we remain. The hero scripture in the Bible that talks about all of this encapsulates the fruit is the one, the analogy in the parable, the story about the tree, the vine, the branches. Let's look at that in John 15. We know it well. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does not bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be more fruitful. 
You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Here it is. I am the vine. You are the branches. That's us. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's a promise. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's another promise. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be disciples. Eight times the word remain is added to that scripture. Remain means this, to continue to stay or exist. The meaning and the definition goes on to say, especially after similar people or things have ceased to do so. That to me sounds like the world. The world who makes a stand on their own and says, I can actually do this on my own. I don't need to be attached. I don't need no God. What it looks like is a nation of branches cut off trying to make it on their own, trying to succeed, trying to build healthy families, maybe on broken foundations. We need Jesus. We need to be attached to the vine to produce fruit. And I can tell you, I cannot tell you the amount of mistakes I would have made if I did not have a relationship with Jesus, in my parenting especially. If I did not have a relationship with the Holy Ghost, because let me remind you who He is. He is wisdom, He is comforter, He is understanding, He is knowledge, and He is counsellor. And God knows I have needed counsellor many times as I've had to raise and, and speak into my children's lives, make decisions for my family. He is counsellor. But Joey, My child is mucking up at school. Pray. But Joey, you don't understand. My child is anxious. Pray. But Joey, I can't get my kids to come to church. Get on your face and pray for your child. Ask the Holy Ghost to be your comforter, your counsellor. Let Him give you knowledge and understanding on how to handle your child. Attach to the vine and allow your fruits to permeate out of you into raising a generation. And I'm not just talking about parenting. I'm talking about every decision in your business, in your financial decisions, The Holy Ghost is counsellor, He is knowledge. We need to tap in. The greatest example we can give people and the next generation is how to remain. How to remain, how to abide in Jesus. Now, when people look at you and you may have heard this or maybe it's been said to you when you hear that, that there's something about you, why are you, you just always so joyful. Or maybe there's someone said, uh, you know, even through all this craziness, you just seem really peaceful. Well, deep down as a believer, you know, uh, it's because I have Jesus. But not only do you have Jesus, is you have made a choice. You have made a choice to abide and remain in Jesus 
And you even exchange those emotions and that soul flesh stuff to pour out as good fruit. Remain in Him and produce good fruit of peace and joy and long suffering and kindness and all these things. Being connected to the vine means being relationship with Him. What does that look like? It means reading the Word of God. It means spending time in the Word of God and worship, not just in this service, worship on your own. Pray, pray and listen, not just pray, but listen to the Lord. Fast, give our times, treasures, talents, all of these things. Spiritual disciplines will produce good fruit in your life. We need to be connected and intentional. I imagine it like this, this is God, He is the tree, He is the vine, I am the branch. If I am not hooked in there, I am detached, I am withered, I am dead, I am attracted and I crave things of the flesh. When I can imagine myself as a branch, take this visual home with you today. When you need Jesus, plug in. When you don't need Jesus, plug in, remain, remain. Imagine you're plugging in as a branch and Jesus through His power and His grace and His mercy, pouring out down that branch arm, beautiful fruits that are sweet to the world. Sweet to the world. Be careful not to focus on the fruits, allow Jesus, allow God to do that in and through you. Last point, when you have those fruits that permeate out of you, that beautiful aroma of peace and joy and patience, it is salt and light to the world people that engage you, people that come around you, you are salt and light. And looking at the world right now, we see a nation, we see a world in need, amen? A world in need. And I take responsibility, I feel responsible as a follower of Christ that I have a responsibility to reach my world, to do something, to do more. But it starts right here with Joey, right here. My repentance in remaining, and reproducing. Point number three is reproduce. There is responsibility in saying, who am I? What condition am I in? How is my fruit? You know, recently I stood in Pastor Sam Gunster's funeral and never ever have I felt more inspired to leave a legacy when I passed to heaven than I did in that room and from that moment. He was the example of this. He lived a life of repentance. He was an honourable, integral man. He chose to remain. You saw him abide in the Lord, walk with the Lord. And then we see today that even though he is not here in flesh, he continues to reproduce the fruit in his life. I look at beautiful Shannon and Chris who were just incredible, young couple in youth under Sam and Carolina. What Sam invested into their life, this couple walks and touches all of us today. And Sam's legacy and the fruit that he's imparted into these guys from the Lord will continue to touch us. And then you touch your family when you get home. And then your kids touch the kid at school. And do you see how this works? Fruitful generations. Fruitful generations. Come on, let's stand this morning. I don't want this message to be a big, hard, overwhelming one. I don't wanna put a burden on you of like, oh, all the things I'm falling short of. This is a message of freedom for you. 
I want this to lighten your burden this morning. To think, all I need to do is plug in. If you're feeling far from the Lord this morning, plug in. If you're a weary mum this morning, plug in and abide. Remain in Him. Transformation begins by confessing to God what we are not and then asking God to make us into what we should and what we could be. It starts with us. Let's just take a minute. Why don't we close our eyes this morning? It starts with us, Lord. This message, Father, you're just knocking on hearts across this room this morning. It's those things, those, those tempers that we let flare up, those, those selfish desires, the agendas, things that slip through, the things that we look on at TV. Holy Ghost, You knock on our hearts and you, you try to pull us away, but we don't always change. So just take a minute right now, let the Holy Ghost speak to you. Just gonna point out a few things in your heart this morning. This is what church is. We come into His presence. He shows us stuff. We're listening, Lord. But we've fallen short, Jesus. We stand in your room tonight. We stand in your house of God and we repent, Lord. We repent, Jesus. We repent, Lord. We don't wanna live in a state of fleshly desires, Father. But we are hungry, Lord, for you. We wanna live in a space, Jesus, where we permeate you, how you transformed us. Let the world see, Lord, who we are. We want the world to see Jesus in us, Lord, with joy, with peace, with patience, with self-control, with kindness. Do a work in us this morning, Lord. And as every head is bowed, eyes closed, I just wanna extend an invitation. I know we have visitors and guests in the room or, or maybe you've been coming, but this is knocking on your heart right now. We love to extend an invitation on Sundays, just like this in a room when we share the gospel. It is so easy to hear these words and do something about it later. Hey, this moment, this is for you. If you felt a real pull in your heart this morning and you're like, you know what, I feel away, I am not plugged in. My branch is detached from the vine and, and I'm dying out here. I need to abide, I need to get back on track. Point number one, repentance. All it takes is you to say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I want you to be Father. I want you to be the ruler of my heart, my life, and I give it to you. And so while everyone else has closed their eyes, if that's you in this room this morning, where you're like, I've never come to Jesus, or maybe I wanna come back, would you mind lifting your hand? I wanna pray for you this morning while no one's looking. Just slip up your hand real quick. That's me. Feel the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart. I wanna make a decision just to come back, get back on track. Yeah, I see that hand. Come on, I see two hands. Beautiful people, come on, we celebrate you. Let's get back with our Father this morning. Let's abide, let's remain in Him. Just one more moment. Just slip your hand up. That's me. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank You for those two, Lord, that lifted their hand this morning. Mother's Day, 2022, a significant day 
of stepping into a new life, plugged into the vine, plugged in, abiding with Jesus as your Father. And so right now, I thank You, Lord, for these two, Jesus, that they would come to know You, Lord. Lord, that they would come into Your presence. Lord, the old is gone, the new is here. They are a new creation in Jesus. And I thank You, Lord. I thank You, Lord. All of heaven celebrates this morning. Can we put our hands together and honour those? You made a great decision today.